Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hi, this is Judy Sedgman, and I'm welcoming you to Psychology Has It Backwards with my friend and colleague, Christine Heath. And uh, today we're going to follow up. Last week we did a uh, podcast on the principle of thought, thought with a big T. And today we're going to talk about the, the fact of thought, the, what we think, thought with a little T, the content of our thought. And I have to say that I used to be really very intrigued with the content of my thinking to the point where I thought about my thinking more than almost anything else. And what I mean by that is I was always wondering, was that right? Should I have done it that way? Is that, was that good enough? Is that the answer? Maybe that's wrong. Well, what about this? What about that? Well, maybe, um, you know, maybe I messed that up. Oh my gosh. You know, and I was always kind of going over everything that I had thought and acted on, I'd start thinking about what I thought about it. And honestly, I was exhausted, and I had no idea why. And even when I was young, when I was a kid, I used to be that way. I would read books, and I would ask myself, well, I never saw that before. I wonder if that's true, or maybe it's not true. What if it is true? You know. And I never just allowed information to kind of pass by. You know, there was, I always had to think about it. And honestly, I, that, is a, that is an activity that is so uh, common in all of humanity that many, many people have no idea the extent to which they're, they're actually, it's almost like examining your garbage. It's like you take it out, you leave it at the curb, and then you start wondering, well, gee, did I throw everything away? I should have. Maybe I should go check the garbage and make sure that I did that. Well, maybe I threw away something I didn't want to throw away and pulling it back in and looking at it again. Because once you've had a thought, let it go. Another thought will come to mind. But I didn't know that. So uh, the first thing I have to say about our personal thinking is it's what we create with the power of thought. It's the content that we create. But then what we do with it becomes more personal thinking uh, than we can handle. So going back to last week, the the um, power of thought, as you just said, is really how the principle works. The content of what you think is your personal thinking. That's why we all think differently about things. It's amazing to me how human beings can see the same thing in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And they all think that they're correct, right? Like if you go to a movie and you just fall asleep in the movie and you're bored and, and then you talk to your friend and they said, Oh, did you love that movie? Like most <laughs> of us don't say like, really, you love that movie. Tell me about that experience. That was better than mine. Yeah. Right. Because we get caught up in the content of our thoughts. So for me, the truth is it was a boring movie. That was, that's the movie. Right. But it was really just kind of the experience that I was living in while I was watching that movie. And that becomes the memory. So when we get too caught up in 
the content of thought, which psychology, I got to say, has become really obsessive with this. So, you know, if you're doing cognitive therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy or any number of the, the CBD treatments and things like that, you're looking at kind of how thought works to some degree, but mostly you're looking at what you think about and then trying to change that so that you have a different experience. Now that's too late because once you've created a thought right now, remember thoughts are don't have a form. They're not real. They're just a product of the life energy. You get a thought that like, like I, you know, I hate to admit this, but sometimes when I'm in my car um, and I'm at a stoplight, I would have this experience where the thought would come in my head that I could run the person in the, that's walking in front of my car over. Now, when I get that thought, it would terrorize me. Oh my God, I just thought about killing that person. Now, and I never told a soul that I had those thoughts. Right now, I tell people all the time, because a lot of other people have these kinds of thoughts. These thoughts pop in your head. Like, and, and so you're not like, I didn't like sit back and think, oh, I'm going to think about killing that person. It just happens, right? We just get thoughts. It just comes, just comes from the, from the mm-hmm. way that, that the principle of thought works. And, and so when that thought would come in my head, I knew that that was coming from something, God knows what, in me that I didn't really want to even acknowledge. Right? It scared me a little bit, actually, because I thought, where did that come from? So understanding the principle of thought helped me understand that that thinking was just an experience happening in the moment from, you know, like something, somebody, uh, when I was little, we used to, you know, play the game 10 points if you do this, eight points if you do that. And it was just like a memory that came back and made itself present in the moment. So I I could see then to let that go. And now when I get goofy thoughts like that, they amuse me. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, that was a good one, Chris. You know, like, where did you get that? (laughs) But when you go in and you're like the field right now, I I believe, and, and God knows they could have come up with more by now. But the last I heard, there was 450 different theories or different applications of therapy in doing therapy with people and helping people. Now, think about that. Think about that. You have depression and you go to 450 different providers and you get 450 different kinds of treatment. Now, if you went to doctors with a sore throat and you got 450 different doctors to give you 450 different treatments, I don't think that would provide a lot of confidence to me. That, that to me is kind of like... We don't really see what the problem is. We're focused on the stuff the problem creates in a sense. We're focused on what we're creating. So that's kind of what, what happens when we get caught up in the personal, in, in the field, is we've spent so much time looking at what people think about, why they think about it, where it came from, what happened to them, all of the content so much that we've missed, the, we've missed it that it's the fact that of how thought works that's important, not what people are thinking about. That, but what we're thinking about is what we have to work with. And that's, I think that's the, uh, you know, that's the, that's the irony of life. I mean, if your mind was a total blank, you wouldn't have much of a life because you have no experience at all. But it's when you can t- take your experience lightly. You know, it's, it's like if I get annoyed with somebody now, 
I realize I'm just having annoying thoughts about that person. I'm having annoyed thoughts about that person. But on a, on a different day, at a different time, I might look at that same person doing that same thing and it wouldn't even register. You know, I realize it's all coming from me and it's a combination of the content that I'm I'm entertaining right now combined with the state of mind that I'm in. It gives me that experience and that's what makes life interesting. But I can't take it to the bank. You know, you have to realize you can't believe every thought you think and just say, oh, that must be real. I just thought it up. And and yet we do get very enamored of our thoughts. And so some thoughts we take more seriously than others. But just knowing that we're doing that kind of makes it less important to us, makes it less meaningful. Um, you know, because I, I can remember there were there were ideas that I had um, before I understood the principles that, you know, maybe they were things that my parents taught me when I was young or things that I remembered, you know, just opinions about life. And it, it's like that's where prejudice comes from. It's kind of passed down. It's thoughts about other people or other uh, countries or other sources of origins or other races that, you know, maybe other families have thought and passed along to their kids and their kids don't question it and then they take it as real. And then, you know, they might have an experience which completely overrides that thought, but they don't know what to do with it because they're like, what well, I, but I thought, I thought those people were, you know, like crazy or different or weird or whatever. And so I think that, that, um, one of the ways the principles allows us to have the whole panoply of thoughts that we have and yet still maintain our bearings and maintain our balance in life is that we have the understanding that thoughts come and go, that we could think anything. A lot of our thoughts are bizarre. Bizarre thoughts are just as normal as any other thought. And that the content of our thinking is what makes life interesting. But it's not reliable in the sense that it changes even within our own minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just thought. That was that was kind of my mantra for a long time because I would be having thought. I'd be ca- caught up in what I was thinking about as if it was there was a reality to it. You know, it was like it was seemed so real, and it seemed like that's the way my life was. So you know, like. There's different ways to get caught up in the content. Like for me, it was like I was the queen of details, right? So I'd have lists. I'd have my list of all the things I had to do. And then I had a list to keep track of my lists because <laughs> I forget I had so many things going on, right? And that the kind of that when you get into managing your thinking or thinking about your thinking, analyzing yourself, that's really just thinking about your thinking, right? And so as you get caught up in that, there's no end to it. It's like opening Pandora's box and mm-hmm. you start to like, oh, yeah, and then this happened to me and then that happened to me. And, I, and then I felt this and, oh, my God, what about that? And you're operating as if it's coming like those thoughts are coming to you from some higher source of intelligence rather than that's just memory. That's just the way you thought about it. Then look how that's just how that's distorted how you see things. So, you know, to me, um, when, when we get focused on trying to manage our thinking, we get in trouble. So when you're, it, it is also true, though, that changing the content of thought helps you. 
Mm -hmm. to X degree, that's going to help you given the state of mind you're in. Like if Mm -hmm. you're in a really bad state of mind and you try to change the content of your thinking, you get more frustrated and more depressed because you can't change it. It's it's always there. People say to me, well, my thinking changed for a while, but then it came back again and then I was caught up in it. You know, and it's kind of like it. Yeah, that's true. But you want to focus on the fact you just got out of it, which means you can get out of it again. Right. You know, but what we're, we're kind of trained to like get freaked out by it and to try to manage it and change it. But once you've thought it, it's too late. Just mm-hmm. let it go. Let it pass. Yeah. You know, I see that a lot when I'm working with parents. I, I have for some reason had recently a number of clients with our parents of teenage children that are struggling. And, and they'll say, you know, I, like I had one mother recently who told me that she had thrown her son out, you know, just kicked him out of the house. And, uh, and then she was like, Oh my God, I just kicked my son out of the house. You know, he's, where is he? What's he doing? How am I going to get back to him? And, um, and then she realized that, you know, she loved him. But at the time she kicked him out of the house, she said, when I, when I was doing it, I just hated him. I just couldn't stand the side. I didn't want to see him again. You know, I just felt like I can't deal with this. And then he was gone and I thought, oh my God, that was my little boy. You know, that was my little boy. And I, I, and he wasn't that little, he was a teenager, but you know, he still was her, her baby. And, um, and she said, how could that happen? How could that happen? How could I have, how could I have felt so much hatred? Well, the fact is, it was just that thought. When you understand that, you know enough to go to your room and calm down, not kick your kid out, you know. But when you don't understand that, you act on it because that's the only way you can get relief from it. <clears throat> you think, I have to do something about this. You know, this is really pressing. And I used to do that in business. I would, I would make a lot of mistakes by acting on my worst thinking when I was desperate to get an answer. And then I'd realize, and the next day I would come up with something much better and I'd have to kind of go back and redo and undo. And, and that's just very time consuming. And it's also very frustrating because you get so angry with yourself. But we have to, you know, when you start to realize, I'm making this all up. These are just random thoughts. Different thoughts come to mind in different states of mind. And I act differently with, on different thoughts, depending on the mood I'm in. And I can use my thoughts as a as a uh, indicator of whether uh, I'm in my right mind or not. You know, <laughs> because when I start having thoughts like "Let's kick the kid out of the house," maybe I'm not. Maybe it's me. You know, maybe I need to just take a second look here. But you, at the at, in the moment, very innocently, you can't do any better than that unless you understand it is me. I have to I have to quiet down and see if something a more constructive solution comes to mind and so our personal thinking is highly variable yeah and you know that the thing is to me anyway it really helped me to understand wisdom and how that comes to us because that comes to us via thought as well frequently sometimes it's you know just we experience it kind of a feeling where you get like a gut feeling people will say where you just get this experience. And sometimes it's like a, this incredible thought pops in your head. So it comes in different forms in different ways. But knowing that my little uh, processing machine is more like Siri and less like uh, a divine intelligence, 
<laughs> really, really, really helped me to see that I was attached to this intelligence of all things, but that it wasn't going to come from my little pea brain. It was going to come to me as opposed to my trying to figure it out, to process it, to, to go through the details in my head. And seeing that really helped me to not be so in my head because I was always trying to manage my life by thinking about every detail, by trying to make sure nothing went wrong, by you know trying to keep myself from making a mistake. And all the content of my thoughts and my life was in my head all the time. I'd get obsessive about how many calories I ate and how many uh, times I exercised and what my weight was and what other people thought about me and what I thought about them. And, you know, I'd replay conversations in my head when I'd get upset with people and like relive them in a sense and sometimes make them better, you know, like, yeah, well, no, it's more, more like I'd make them better. Like I really stood up to the person and told them off yeah. when I really didn't, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but it was interesting how real that would get. Sometimes, you know, I, I get so caught up in the content of my thought. I'd be driving, like I lived in Minnesota, and I'd be driving for hours and hours and hours to do my job I had when I was in my 20s. And I'd get to the place and realize I had no memory of any of the towns I drove through or anything. I was just like so caught up in the content of my own thought that I really wasn't very present driving my car. And that would like, wow, what just happened? I, I, I didn't understand that. I was like, wow, okay. And then people also frequently do a lot of negative thinking about themselves. That's just your personal thought too. It's just you thinking. But sometimes people will come in, they'll have like attacking thoughts where they, they have these thoughts like, you're a piece of crap. There's, you're, you're so stupid. You should be punished. It's like this, all these like interesting thoughts that don't feel like they're coming from the person. But if you think about it, there's no other way to have that thought in your head. There's no like, you know, masked marauder of your mother in your head. It's just your memories coming forth. So, you know, it's like, if, I, if to me, it's like, like my intellect is Siri. And Siri's good for some things, but boy, he makes mistakes a lot. I have that English guy mm -hmm. from my Siri. And I'll, <laughs> I'll ask him for something like, um, I, I need the telephone number for um, the secretary of the interior. I just made a call to her actually. And um, they'll give me interior designers. Yeah. You know, like what? No, I'll, I'll say, uh, find the number for Judith Sedgman. And mm -hmm. it'll say, I don't see a contact for Judith Sedgman. And I'm like, uh, I call her all the time, Siri, find it. It's in there. I do not know what you mean. I'll, Call her, I call her all the time, find it and see what's in there. It's just a repeat of the details, right? It's just the details. But we are more than that. We're, that's just that, that beautiful gift we have to create things and to think. But we're, we're the thinker. So the yeah, negative, they're all, they're all just you. We have to remember, too, that even our memories look different to us sometimes or come back in different pictures. 
I always think of memories as like a big scrapbook of our life that you know, we have all these scrapbooks stored away in our brain. And like, and this is kind of touching. It's very sweet. And it shows you how it really illustrates this, though, that I had a client who had been a caregiver, caregiver for a number of years during the prime of her life for her dying brother, her older brother. And she had missed out on a lot because she was caring for her brother. And when she first talked to me, she was bitter and angry about it and that he stole the best years of my life. And I don't know why I did that. And I, you know, I, my sister didn't help at all. It was just all me. And, and um, you know, it's funny because about a week later when I talked to her again, she said, you know, I, I really loved my brother. And I really got to know him when I was taking care of him. And that was very precious. It meant a lot to me. And I said, I thought you were angry and bitter about it. And she said, I don't know what made me say that. She said, I know I I thought about our conversation afterwards. And I thought, no, I don't really feel that way. And all she was doing was looking at a different scrapbook. You know, in a certain mood, she was angry and upset. And then in a different mood, she remembered the love and the deep feeling that she had for her brother and what a privilege it was for her to get to know him in depth, you know, in his last days. And and that's the thing we have to realize too, that we, we, you just can't, you don't get it all at once. You get it in little snapshots. And, uh, and sometimes you get all worked up over something that you remembered or comes to mind for you. And it was just one picture out of thousands that are in that scrapbook. And and so we can't we can't get all worked up about the content of our thinking. It's pointless. And it's also just kind of a, it, you know, it's like an, in a, a Mac computer, you have yeah. the kaleidoscope, you know, that goes around yeah. and around. Stuck. That's just all it is, right? You're just yeah. stuck in your own information, right? But when you step back, you realize you're not your thoughts. Yeah, you just got to shut down and start up again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kind of interesting. We created these computers that mimic how we work, and we didn't even understand how we worked. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Okay, it's time for us to say aloha. Yeah, so we'll see you next week, and look forward to it. So take care, everybody. Have a great week. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com.